Hello and welcome to Kane and Rent Sound of Play 72. <laughs>
Every Wednesday in Sound of Play, we bring you some of our and your favorite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. Joining me, Ryan Heyman, in Sound of Play 72 is Leah Haydu. Hey, hi. <laughs> hey, hi. Uh, <laughs> yes, you are uh, coming straight off of your, uh, your big two-hour Persona th- uh, not Persona 3 special, this Persona series special. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of fun listening to that uh, because I know Persona 3 and 4 fairly well. And I've listened to the soundtrack of Dancing All Night and have a little bit of experience with the arena game. But I was like really interested to uh, hear more about the the first two. That's kind of a misleading way to put it. The first <laughs> like four Persona games that are Persona 1 and 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's kind of a complicated history yeah. there. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, I was uh, just really happy to hear some of those older tracks and um, and then some of the ones from like Q that I wasn't familiar with. So really great special. If anyone hasn't listened to it yet, please do go back, even if you're not a Persona fan, uh, but you have a little bit of a sweet tooth for that kind of a weird jazzy J-pop rap fusion combo uh, it's interesting. It's uh, it's definitely worth listening to. Yeah, it's I, I'm I'm really glad to hear that that people are enjoying it because it was a lot of fun to put together. <laughs> even even knowing as as most people do that uh, that Josh and I are very very into those games. Um, just the music is is just this thing all on its own. It's unique. It's it's fascinating how it's put together. So uh, you don't hear a whole lot of of soundtracks that go quite in that direction. So that was a lot of fun. When you were giving your introduction at the uh, the top of that particular special. Uh, you mentioned that you had never been on Sound of Play before. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. I, that that special was my first, and um, oh. and I've never. This will be this will be my first um, first regular, uh, regular yeah, <laughs> right. regular Sound of Play. So uh, I, I I picked out a, a couple of things uh-huh. uh, that that stuck out, but I, I I have more. I have so many more. So um, hopefully I'll uh, I'll do I'll do pretty well and get you know get to come back. I feel negligent for not inviting you on before, but, uh, you know, you're a new member of the, uh, uh, <laughs> the new member of the Canaan Rinse crew, huh? Um, <laughs> but, uh, I also wanted to, uh, to mention that you are coming straight off of a persona show and then you let off this particular show with something that, uh, isn't a part of the persona series, but is it's about as close, close to being yes. persona adjacent as you can possibly get. Um, yeah, do you want to introduce us to this track? Sure. Uh, so uh, the track that led off was uh, called Black Rain, uh, mm-hmm. and it is by uh, Yoshiaki Fujisawa, uh, and it is from uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE, mm-hmm. which is a Wii U game that is um, developed by Atlas, published by Nintendo, and it uh, came out uh, in 2016, and it's been in the works for a while. Uh, most people would have heard of it, I, at least I started hearing about it, as um, Shin Megami Tensei Cross Fire Emblem game, right. which is sort of what it is. Uh, the The main uh, conceit of the story is that you play as a group of uh, mostly teenage students. There are a couple who fall a little bit outside of that, but uh, mm-hmm. they that school age, you know, uh, teen uh, demographic and they are all in a group that um is kind of a performing group some of them act some of them sing uh so it's very it's very focused on kind of the uh, the idol culture that is is such a uh a, a part of 
of many Japanese uh, media things, mm-hmm. media, TV, video games, whatever. Uh, so the music is a really important part of this. And it's it feels a lot like Persona because you do have the similar, you call out these things to fight for you. But in this case, they're not just these demons. They're Fire Emblem characters. And <laughs> it's, yeah, it, it's kind of weird how it all comes together. And, and I won't go into the, the whole story too much, but uh, it is... If you enjoy Persona type games, mm-hmm. then this one is is excellent, and I really like the battle system. It's uh, it's kind of goofy, and it um, it really uh, hooked me in, and I, I spent a lot of hours on it, and I uh, I had a lot of fun. But uh, this particular track uh, is one of the um, one of the singers. Uh, there there are a couple of people whose main thing is that they are uh, these these singing idols, and um, one of them uh, that you get into your party, uh, he starts out as. Um, a somebody who you're you're kind of against he's he's sort of an antagonist and then later on he does end up coming into your party uh and i just i like this particular track because to me it kind of sounds like the j-pop version of a boy band and it just it's <laughs> uh-huh. you don't you don't hear this in video games almost ever hmm. at least i haven't and um i i thought that was kind of a, a neat way to encapsulate what's going on in this game because yes it's it's very poppy and it's very very, um, there's just a lot of uh, pop culture stuff going on in here, but at the same time, it is a JRPG, very clearly. So uh, I think this kind of brings all of that together. Hmm. Yeah, a couple of years back, I was doing a. Uh, it's kind of hard to explain. It's like a kind of a comedy video project, just for personal fun, where I mm-hmm. would uh, would take music videos that were uh, performed in other languages and then apply uh, erroneous subtitles to them, you know, as a <laughs> kind of a way to um, add some levity to it all. And so I, I became somewhat familiar with uh, the Korean music scene a little bit and became familiar with some of their boy bands, um, Beast and Shiny and everyone. And 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 so I don't know how um, I, I didn't get as into the Japanese music scene, but are boy bands a staple of uh, of Japanese pop as well, or is that uh, is that more of an American and Korean thing? I'm honestly not really sure. Okay. Um, I I don't th- this the character isn't isn't a boy band character. It's more mm-hmm. of a soloist thing. Mm, okay. uh, but I, I just, that was kind of what it brought to mind for me that that's kind of the sound that it has. He's this um, big, he, he also acts. He's very, he's a very mm-hmm. cool guy who does kind of everything and, you know, has all the girls falling at his feet, but he's very aloof. Of course, he has two different colored eyes and that mm. makes him extremely <laughs> mysterious. Yes. Yeah, so, uh-huh. so, <laughs> yeah. It, um, I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's an interesting character, uh, and he uh, ended up being at my party a lot. But mm. um, he, yeah, he's he's he is kind of a loner. I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily think that he would have been in a boy band unless okay. that would have furthered his career because he's very into his career. But uh, so, if I may uh, deconstruct the title a little bit, uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions by itself sounds kind of like the name of an EP, like you would put out like a like a jazz EP or something. It's usually named after like the sessions of the mm-hmm. place where it was performed. Uh, so is Tokyo Mirage a place within the game? So it actually, um, there's, there's a couple of things about the title here. Mm-hmm. The uh, mirages are what kind of the persona equivalents. Okay. That's what they call the uh, the characters, the, the Fire Emblem characters that they, that they call on. Those are their mirages. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sessions, um, the, the game does play t- take place in Tokyo. Um, mm-hmm. 
the sessions are what they call it. It's part of the battle system. So when you uh, score a critical hit or um, meet some kind of condition, you mm-hmm. can set off what's called a session where your other characters will kind of jump in and perform additional attacks mm, and you okay. can kind of chain on it. Um, so it's a it's a session with these these other characters. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they were they were pulling in that general idea um, when they did that. And also uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions uh, abbreviates to TMS, which is the reverse of Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if that was intentional, but I think it was. <laughs> yeah, because you have the uh, the FE for Fire Emblem mm-hmm. after the uh, sharp sign there, which is a kind of a musical equivalent of yes. a hashtag looking <laughs> thing to try to play to both the game's kind of musicality and its uh, uh, 21st century location. Yes. So yeah, a lot going on there. <laughs> All right. Uh, this next track is something completely different. Uh, this is called Force Theme by Sam Van Lunquazen, I'm guessing. Uh, I, I really can't even begin. I'm I'm terrible with names, unfortunately. But it's a it's a bit of a long one. But anyways, uh, this the song is from a game called Westerado Double Barreled, which was uh, published by Adult Swim Games, who's been actually publishing some really interesting things lately. Definitely one of those uh, one of those publishing houses to watch. Uh, kind of alongside Devolver Digital, doing a lot of the same types of games. Yeah, um, yeah. But this one, I've I've not had the chance to play myself, but it's one that's been on a few lists, and I've been meaning to check it out. Uh, Westerado is apparently a almost like a top-down Zelda-ish looking um, sprite art-based cowboy type game, uh, where instead of using swords to interact with the world, you are uh, using your gun. And um, I, I don't know that much about it because it's one that I'm interested in playing. And so uh, you don't I wanna, kind of you want don't to go, go into, into it. Too it. Much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it has the feeling of something that I want to experience. You know, some games just kind of give you the indication where it's like, it looks like it's going to do something interesting mechanically. So I'd rather kind of like mm-hmm. feel that fresh when I get there myself. Uh, and so I'm afraid I'm not going to be a very good podcast host today. And instead, <laughs> just say that this song is incredible. <laughs> I, I love uh, just the uh, the instruments that are being played here. Um, there's a lot of just really kind of clear, crisp uh, strings. It almost sounds like a like a banjo in the background, but not quite as twangy. Uh, so I wouldn't really know where to put that. It's probably just an acoustic guitar, and I'm probably making too much of it. But uh, it's got a really nice um, fiddle accompaniment that uh, sounds like really... Uh, kind of melodic and relaxing, like you would hear off of the the Braid soundtrack is the one that it reminded mm. me of in that case. But it uh, it definitely has a little bit more get up and go than Braid did. Uh, yeah. It's got a, <laughs> a real nice energy to it, a really kind of like bouncy, um, it's good walking music, I would say. It kind of feels like something that you would see in that kind of, um, uh, I'm thinking like, Deadwood or, yeah. uh, you yeah. know, so, something maybe with less cursing, but, um, <laughs> you know, so, something along those lines, something that has um, a little bit of a gritty Old West feel, but not so gritty necessarily that it's it's going to uh, necessitate any um, uh, off-color music, but... Yeah, sure. What, what even would be off-color music? I'm not. I'm not sure what I was going for there, but um, uh, maybe something really kind of dissonant, like you would get yeah. off of the Kentucky Route Zero soundtrack, or oh, uh, yes. something with a little bit more of a uh, creepy, sinister edge. Because uh, that's kind of the the two faces of the American South as they're depicted <laughs> in modern fiction is uh, is either the kind of romanticized cowboy era 
or the uh, kind of creepy backwaterness of uh, of portions of it. Uh, no offense to uh, anyone living down there. I'm just kind of going <laughs> off of the uh, general impressions that I get from uh, from fiction trope wise. Uh, but anyways, this is the forest theme from Westerado Double Barreled. I. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like enough people who I trust have recommended the game that I could probably pass on a good faith recommendation to all of you, but uh, I can at least say that the uh, the soundtrack is really nice. And so let's uh, let's listen to a little bit of that Westerado music.
Okay, this next track, we have a request from the forum from a Kid Skitsky. It's kind of a fun name to say. <laughs> Who says, Ever since I've started following Sound of Play, I've been a lot more attentive to a game soundtrack than ever before. It seems like I always used to take a video game's music for granted without fully appreciating how integral it is to the game's identity as a piece of art. This wasn't the case when I recently played Pokemon Sun. What an outstanding soundtrack. Of course, the Pokemon series has a long-storied history of excellent music since Red and Blue, but I find each and every entry into the series outdoing the last. Go Ichinose and Junichi Masuda compose this track, both of whom have been offering their talent since Gold and Silver era, and Masuda even before then, who contributed to Red and Blue. Pokemon Sun and Moon replace gym leaders with island kahunas who feel much more approachable and less harrowing. This track especially reflects on that idea. Even though it sounds a bit friendlier this time around, it never made me feel like I should let my guard down. I still felt the weight of battle. I was still filled with determination. <laughs> I think Pokemon Sun and Moon are the best entries to the series in years, and the soundtrack alone is a major influence on that opinion. Any Pokemon fan, casual or hardcore, should give it a go. Now, I believe both of us have been playing this game recently. Yes, I've been playing Moon. Okay, I've been playing Sun. Um, okay. I, I would have gravitated towards Moon, uh, no pun <laughs> intended. Uh, but uh, yeah, actually got it free from work, which is really oh, cool. Nice. So not going to argue with that. Yeah, no, I definitely not. No, I've, uh, this has been, um, I have a, a fairly long commute into, mm -hmm. uh, into the city. Uh, so I generally, uh, take either my Vita or my, uh, my 3DS and Hopefully play something on the bus or the subway the train. or something and not driving. It's the train. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's, <laughs> I, I have a train ride. I have about Very a 45 good. minute train ride either way. <laughs> okay. Um, so I, I, I finished, um, mm -hmm. the, the game that I've been playing prior to this and, mm -hmm. uh, started Pokemon Moon, I guess a couple of weeks ago. And, um, I'm not, I'm not not super far into it i'm mm -hmm. on uh, i'm in the second island kind of towards the end of it um been through a couple of the these challenges and i'm kind of ashamed to say that i i haven't really been listening to the music for mm. the most part yeah uh, i i do wear headphones but i usually wear headphones and listen to podcasts while I'm playing yeah, whatever yeah. I'm playing. So uh, I haven't I haven't listened to a great deal of the music. Uh, I did listen to this track though, and it does fit in very well with uh, with how mm, yeah. the the whole thing is kind of structured. It it, it feels looser, um, but also I uh, they've made a lot of improvements in in the, in the new mm -hmm. Pokemon uh, games. Uh, but at the same time, uh, they're I think they're a little bit more difficult overall. Uh, hmm. I've, I've found that I've needed to uh, kind of strategize a little bit more and not just burn through everything with my overleveled starter. <laughs> Literally burn through. Always take the fire starter. Always. Uh, <laughs> I've always been a water type, but I broke that streak this time because I love Rowlet so much. <laughs> I mean, Rowlet's pretty awesome uh, until uh -huh. you get to his final evolution, which all of their final evolutions look a little bit off. But mm, um, I don't know about that. I, uh, I like the... Um, the fact that he's kind of like this uh, this Robin Hood archer owl. Uh, he's got that kind of weird uh, like hoodie pull strings around his yeah. uh, his neck there, but <laughs> otherwise, like I, I like it. And I, I've uh, I picked up a uh, Poplio through the uh, global trade system. Ah, nice. And um, that one, uh, its final evolution, I think, is pretty magnificent. Like <laughs> it's this weird kind of mermaid seal yeah. uh, but it has that wonderful thing where like i always love when this is done in like art or fiction or or uh movies or video games or whatever where it looks like they're 
hair is floating as if it was underwater, but like above water. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of that weird kind of like magical feeling to it. I, I've really gotten into, um, <laughs> and, and it's silly, but uh, and mm-hmm. I think that they have done this previously in other Pokemon games, maybe, but I've really been paying attention to it on this one. The uh, the Pokemon Refresh, where mm. after battles, you can <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. brush your Pokemon and pet them and feed them beans. <laughs> and I don't know, I, I really, I've really gotten into it this time. Yeah, uh, I know so what my, you mean. <laughs> uh, yeah, my... my um, uh, my Litten, well, he's no longer a Litten, but he, uh-huh. he loves me. And so does my, my crab brawler, which, uh, uh, yeah, they're, they're very, we're buddies, <laughs> we're bros, That's but some cool. of them eat through odd means. Like I have a magnetite that eats through his eyeball and that, that kind of disturbs <laughs> me. I, I, some of these things cool, we man, don't think about otherwise, but now we're no. confronted with these horrible realities. I mean, he doesn't have a mouth, so I, I guess how yes, else would he eat? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I always just assumed he ran off electricity, but I guess not. <laughs> he no, he beans. likes beans. He does like beans. <laughs> uh, yes, I have been, uh, I've been loving this game. Uh, I was really surprised in a way because I kind of bounced off of, uh, I had X and mm-hmm. I got a little ways into it and it just like didn't really grip me. And so I kept kind of drifting away from it and just never really got back mm-hmm. to finishing it. But I've been loving Sun so much that um, it, it's really kind of inspired me to go back to the games that I've missed. And so I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, going back to Black and Black 2 mm-hmm. and Alpha Sapphire and just all the and, uh, finishing X finally. And so, yeah. you know, I feel like I'm being sucked back into the same uh, uh, massive time and money pit that I was that I fell into <laughs> when I was like 10 years old. <laughs> oh, yes, I just I just today, in fact, um, mm-hmm. went to uh, to finish up some Christmas shopping. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my friends, her her she has young children who are very, very into Pokemon yeah. right now. So I have <laughs> a bag full of plush Pokeballs just sitting oh. on my floor. <laughs> so um, Christmas. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, this is a this is a fun track. I have to say, this is the uh, Island Kahuna battle from Pokemon Sun and Moon, uh, released earlier this year. Not that much earlier, actually. <laughs> Not uh, really. Released just a few weeks back. Uh, but yeah, this one is uh, like they say. It's got a lot of gravitas at the beginning. It's got the feeling like you're stepping into a serious battle, but it also has like it kind of waxes and wanes between friendlier stuff and more intense. Um, uh, not not quite adversarial music, but more like kind of sports training music. You know how yeah. it's like you're pushing yourself hard, but it's still like you don't feel like threatened. There's no like ill intent anyways. Um, yeah, I no, love it's, all it's these fun. kahunas because they genuinely want to see you succeed. They aren't uh, they aren't impediments to the uh, to your progress. They're just people that are trying to uh, test They're you. They're testing you. Yeah, yeah like yeah. a teacher would. Yeah, yeah, and you're not dethroning them like you would be the leader of the elite four or something. You know, you're not, uh, you're not trying to take from them their position. They're just uh, handing out these uh, Z crystals to everyone who comes by, and they seem to be thrilled whenever anybody uh, is able to uh, to defeat their challenges. And so it it does create a really friendly atmosphere. And even your uh, not well, I guess he wouldn't really be your rival in the traditional sense, but uh, just kind of the the fellow that you are. Uh, that you keep running into throughout the game is very friendly. He doesn't uh, doesn't pick on you at all like Gary used to. And I don't know, just everything about this game is very friendly. Uh, not easier, as you said, but uh, really friendly. <laughs> it's a good one. It is. So this is Island Kahuna Battle from Pokemon Sun and Moon.
Ah, yeah, that is some good music. Uh, have you done the uh, the mimic you boss fight yet? I have not. Okay. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to that because I just the, uh-huh. the art that I have seen. I, I just love the concept yeah, of, of yeah. the mimic you. It's basically a Pokemon that doesn't think anybody's going to like it, so it dresses uh-huh. up so that everyone will like it because it thinks it looks like a Pikachu, and it's just like this sad little Pikachu costume that's almost <laughs> creepy. But uh, what's well, it's, yeah, it's no, a ghost I, on the inside, and the, I, is, the is, Pokedex is it a entry yeah, says good. that. Like the only person who's ever like lifted the costume and seen the actual ghost has died from fright. <laughs> There's some dark stuff if you yeah. actually read all of the. Yeah, it's. Yeah, definitely. Oof. It's got some really good stuff, and uh, yeah. yeah, it's got a. It kind of breaks up the boss fights in between uh, the Kahuna's, which kind of stand in for the gym leaders in a way. Although they usually task you with doing something else than like just fighting them. Um, you yeah, know, usually, the one I just did. Hmm. She made me go collect. Um, collect ingredients yes. for uh, something that she was making yeah so yeah and then there different. are totem battles which are usually tied to the kahuna um tasks but not always uh and then those are um those are just like big badass versions of regular pokemon they're kind of like final fantasy bosses in that way yeah <laughs> yeah Good so um and then you never know when you're going to run across uh really interesting boss fight or a totem battle or something sometimes they really sneak up on you uh, which is fun. Keeps you on your toes. Anyways, uh, let's hop from that JRPG into another one. Now, um, <laughs> after the Donkey Kong Country show, I brought another Donkey Kong Country track to Sound of Play just because it was fresh in my mind. You know, I, I had all this extra music that got cut out of the show and I just really wanted to play some more Donkey Kong tunes. You know, once you've been listening to something week in and week out preparing for the show, uh, <laughs> it has a way of... Uh, kind of crowding out everything else in your mind yeah. and so uh you are bringing us some uh, some more persona 3 music <laughs> i am yeah so <laughs> when we were preparing for uh the persona special uh mm-hmm. the original list of tracks was at least twice as long as what actually ended up on the show uh so there were a lot of tracks that got cut and um uh, for I was I was very happy with the track list that we ended up with, but of course there were still some that um, that I would have liked to see included if we'd had the time. And um, this is one of those. Uh, so this track is uh, called Joy, and it is by Shoji Migoro, who has done most of the uh, the music in in Persona Three. And mm-hmm. um, it is a um, it's not a track that shows up just once. It's one of the ones that shows up a lot. Right. Uh, so you end up hearing this a lot. Um, yep. More uh, more often than not, it is when you're either uh, doing social links or uh, you might be in school uh, waiting for somebody or seeing. A, I, I think you occasionally might hear it in the dorm if you're having uh, interactions with your party members mm-hmm. um, on off time. Uh, but it's kind of a, a free time or um, socializing type track. And this is one that gets stuck in my head a lot. And it's not one of the more um, kind of bombastic ones. It, mm-hmm. it is, as you'd expect from something that you hear frequently, it is um, kind of a, a more laid back uh, track. But yeah, it's... Um, it's very much an earworm for me. I, I I have I have had dreams with this music <laughs> in the background before. Uh-huh. It's a, it's a little odd, but um, when you've played, I've played Persona Three a number of times, and um, when you've put that many t- hours into an RPG, mm. I guess you're gonna uh, you're gonna um, 
think of the uh, more prevalent tracks uh, outside of the game yeah, a definitely. lot. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, I really this track like this just one. Now, uh, this sounds a little, and this might be really kind of technical and uh, non-important, but this sounds a little slower than I remember it being in my mind. Am, am I just uh, misremembering that, or is this um, a different version of the song? Like I it's just like a couple so. beats per second faster is what I remember it being. Yeah. Um, now it, it it has actually been a little while since I played three. I've played okay. four more recently, um, mostly because of Persona Four Golden. But um, I uh, no. Well, when I when I pulled the uh, the version um, that I I listed in here, mm-hmm. it sounded sounded normal to me okay um, i might just be so hearing things <laughs> it's possible i don't know it's uh all the uh the adrenaline that got going every time i had to walk upstairs and wait for that loading screen i'm sure just really <laughs> got my mind rushing uh, so anyways this is joy by shoji miguru from persona 3 
Yeah, so I always like a little bit more Persona music. Uh, now, Persona 3 had multiple releases. Is that P3P and P3 something else? Yeah, uh, well, actually, the only two... Well, okay, so uh, there was the original Persona 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there was Persona 3 Fess, which was right. also yes. on the PS2 um, and included the original game plus a um, an extra kind of epilogue oh, right, right. Uh, called the, the answer right. which i didn't yes. like very much but um, yeah, i'm kind of with you on that one yeah it, <laughs> it um i wasn't a big fan but it, it was more persona but it was mostly focused on the dungeon crawling aspect um right. without a whole, a whole lot of the uh the social link um the social link aspect but that was kind of a, a separate thing that you didn't have to have connected to the mm-hmm. main game um and then there was uh several years after that the persona 3 portable uh version which was for the psp and um actually i think that version still holds up there's mm. there's some debate as to which one is the better version right um i really like portable just because you can take direct control of your party members Hmm. uh but you do lose out on uh a lot of the uh well you don't have many of the cutscenes, or um you lose some of the presentation but you gain Hmm, some of the gameplay so it's it's kind of a toss-up uh it depends on what you're looking for they're both excellent and um I, i do recommend them we uh we have a few jrpg tracks behind us now and we're moving into something that is uh Again, kind of JRPG parallel, but uh, I'm pretty sure that this is American. (laughs) It has a real (laughs) American feel to it, but I I really can't say. But this is a game made by a uh, very curiously punctuated tale of games studios. Uh, Games punctuated as if it was possessive. I think that's a bit of a joke. Um, But the, uh, the game in question is called Barkley Shut Up and Jam Gaiden. And this is requested by Todinho from the forum, who said, Got myself thinking of a little gem of a game by the name of Barkley Shut Up and Jam Gaiden. Now, besides being a semi-biographical work of the life and work of Charles Barkley, Shut Up and Jam Gaiden is a very neat JRPG with more than quirky sense of humor and a surprisingly good soundtrack, especially its boss theme. And that is what we're going to be listening to today, the boss battle. Uh, I don't have a name for the composer, apologies on that one, um, but... Uh, yeah, from what I understand, Bar- uh, Barkley Shut Up and Jam Gaiden is a kind of comedy JRPG type game. Uh, at least it, I believe it was made in RPG Maker. It has that look to it. I um, believe so. But it uh, stars Charles Barkley, the basketball player, <laughs> and, um, and a few of his basketballing friends, if uh, my understanding of the game are correct, is correct in a kind of post-apocalyptic neo-New York City type setting. I believe uh is shut up and jam is a um is a game yes. from i, I want to say super nintendo am i am i right Sounds there right or, yeah super yeah, nintendo it, well, genesis it's, it's or a, something yeah it's an older uh basketball mm-hmm. game uh but that would have been more of like a traditional basketball game it wasn't th- <laughs> this is this is a jrpg um and i i haven't actually played it but i i kind of want to just be, just to see what they've done yeah. with it um because it sounds fascinating um but yeah it, from, from what i understand it is it's basically like if you took a jrpg and then took out the concept of saving the world or saving mana or saving mm-hmm. you know the the spirits of the earth or whatever and put in saving basketball instead uh, and and that's kind of what you're going for so it, it 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 gives you a little bit of a perspective on how silly jrpg stories are sometimes 
frequently uh, to found, you know, because now you're looking at it with basketball stuck in there and, right. and Charles Barkley being your uh, your main character. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've actually heard pretty good things mm. about this game. So um, I, again, haven't played it yet, but um, it sounds like uh, if you're if you're into that kind of thing, uh, it, it's worth it for a, a little bit of a laugh. It's usually it sounds like the kind of thing that I would be into. I really like comedy mm-hmm. games, but yeah. I I have to confess, I, I don't really find uh, JRPGs to be a terrific uh, medium for conveying mm. comedy just because comedy is very much like, I, I, you know, even more so than poetry, like find the fewest number of words to convey the joke that you're going to convey and then get out quickly. You know, yeah. comedy, once it overstays its welcome, um, it, it, it diminishes in its returns fairly quickly. And so something on the scale of a JRPG and with a lot of the, uh, I don't want to say time-wasting trappings, but um, <laughs> JRPGs aren't necessarily conservative with the way that they uh, they demand yeah. player time. And yeah. so those, those factors make me a little nervous going into it. Uh, JRPGs by nature have a lot of repetition. And so uh, unless it's something that, um, you know, that does tend to keep the pace up pretty nicely and keep things a little bit fresher, like Earthbound. Like, I don't often see comedy JRPGs working. And also, since the um, since the comedy is usually the priority, uh, that the team is mostly writers um, in, in these types of projects. I've seen a lot of them where uh, the mechanically they just don't really hold up and it seems just kind of like I wish you had just made like a machinima video and told your <laughs> jokes that way instead of making yeah. me play through a game that is kind of substandard for what it is but uh, I, I cannot say about this game um, it, it does sound like they have paid a lot of attention to uh, to quality I've seen it at um, mm-hmm. at PAX before and uh, it, it does seem to be a project made with a lot of love and so I don't want to speak poorly about uh, this product in the absence of knowledge, but um, it's just always something I've been a little nervous about. All right, well, let's listen to this actually really wonderful theme. I was surprised as well. It uh, sounds like, like a JRPG boss theme. It really does. Yeah, so this one's really nice, actually. I'm really mm-hmm. glad that, uh, that, to- that uh, Todino brought it up. Uh, but this is Boss Battle from Barkley Shut Up and Jam Gaiden. <gasps>
And for our next track, we are uh, moving from hmm, dark dystopian future into dark dystopian future. <laughs> uh, I think that's a nice transition to make there. Sure. <laughs> but uh, this song is from another game that came out this year on the Vita, the PC, and the 3DS uh, called Zero Escape, Zero Time Dilemma, which is a part of the uh, the Zero Escape series, which if you had been following it previously was 9999 doors, nine hours, nine persons, some combination of those words, um, on the uh, Nintendo DS and uh, Virtue's Last Reward on the Vita and 3DS, although the first two are coming back uh, remastered for PS4, uh, PC, Mac, probably all the kind of regular ones that you would expect them to be on. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's sort of a... Uh mystery puzzle game i guess you'd call it um yeah you you've you've played all three of them correct yes yeah it's kind of like an escape the room type puzzle like you would see on newgrounds back in the early 2000s Mm -hmm. um but uh yeah it's uh it's kind of laid against a background of a really interesting sci-fi story about the um about kind of unlocking people's psychic potential. I hope that's not mm-hmm. too much of a spoiler, but um, but every game has something to do with uh, with unlocking the power of the collective unconscious, and uh, it, it's very big, very grand, very uh, uh, very dark as well. These games oh, are yes. um, kind of horrifying at times. They have a lot of elements that seem to be inspired by the Saw films and mm-hmm. um, a lot that is very anime typical uh, yeah. in the overly intricate, complicated storylines. Um, <laughs> uh, right. But this particular track is from the most recent game in the series, uh, Zero Time Dilemma, which just came out earlier this year. And uh, I've written a piece about this for Kanan Rinse. Um, but I have to say that, uh, as much of a fan as I was of the first two games, which I do really love both of them, uh, I just really couldn't get into this third one. Mm. I just feel like the, uh, the writing is a pretty big step down. It just didn't really have that same quality from the first two. Uh, it, uh, the first two had a really interesting pattern of, um, kind of incorporating real life mysteries and unexplained phenomena and Mm -hmm. urban legends and uh, history and pseudoscience and stuff like that. And, um, and so you'd get to learn about a lot of curiosities from the past. uh, And they also went on to inform what was happening within the story and kind of ground it in a sense of like somewhat reality in a way. Uh, Because it's, it's interesting. You can kind of close the game out and then go on and read about the cursed mummy that was supposedly transported <laughs> on that Titanic and stuff like that. And it's like, that's really cool. Like, I really like learning about that kind of thing. And uh, Zero Time Dilemma dropped that almost entirely, which is a big disappointment. And so I didn't get to do any of that kind of uh, learning on the side. Then the uh, the focus of my article that I've written for Canon Rinse was that I absolutely hated the ending. Oh, no. <laughs> I feel that uh, the, the first two games had very nice twists. Uh, the third game's twist is uh, very, very frustrating. <laughs> I suppose it's tough with those kinds of things when people are already expecting that there's going to be a twist at the mm-hmm. end to kind of satisfy that and make everything come together in a good way. Especially yeah. if, I, I don't know whether this is intended to be the final game in the series, but um, mm-hmm. it, particularly if it is, if you're trying to wrap up everything, then that's that's got to be rough, I'm sure. Right. 
Yeah, uh, it's one of those things where it's like, I think the ending is so bad, in my own opinion, of course, <laughs> that I kind of want other people to experience it just so I can get some sort of assurance that like, I'm not missing something or I'm not going crazy. It's like a, it's like the, uh, the happening by M night Shyamalan. Like I want mm -hmm. other people to experience that just so that they can reflect <laughs> back to me that that was actually an experience that I had. Yeah. Like, no, nope. You're right. That, that was not hallucination. It really did end like that. That was really terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, for all of its faults, I don't need to be entirely negative on the game. I think that the moment to moment storytelling was still, I, I mean, it was kind of sub the previous two, but, um, even a bad zero escape game is still better than most games. <laughs> yeah. And so it's still, it was still a really fun romp while I was going at it. And one of the really fun things that it did was it uh, incorporated a lot of the elements of the first two stories. Um, the second entry in the story did draw back to some uh, 9999 stuff as well. Um, but it kind of, uh, it felt very segmented in that way. And it was mostly trying to tell its own story, um, which you know, I applaud. That's probably what it should have done. But uh, Zero Escape 3, since it was meant to be, I don't know if they still plan on uh, capping the series of this one, but it was supposed to be kind of the end to the mm. Zero Escape series originally when it was conceived. Um, but they uh, they wanted to kind of tie up everything, as you mentioned. And so they had a lot of characters from the first two games revisit the teams and a lot of storylines and plot points mentioned in the first two, a couple of callback jokes and stuff, which is fun. To go along with that, they uh, remixed a lot of the older music, and this particular track is actually a remix of a song from uh, Virtue's Last Reward, and I just think that the remix is really lovely here. Uh, it has a uh, the kind of dark, hopeless, industrial feeling to it, while still being beautiful in a way. It's kind of hard to describe the emotionality of this one. It it almost comes across like a bit of a blank slate, and like you can kind of project whatever emotions you're feeling, and it'll just kind of amplify those. Um, but this one is called BGM 30, Clarification Second Mix, by Shinji Hosoi. Uh, let's just go ahead and listen to BGM 30, Clarification Second Mix.
All right, our next track is another request from the forum from Boundless, who says, I have no idea what the person in the song is saying, but that hardly matters when the song itself holds more personality than the game it came from. Oh. While Bound in Flame was largely forgettable, this song stayed with me long after the credits. Something about the clicky noise in the background with the soft tones throughout locked my memory and the sense of hopelessness the game had. It seems to me the song perfectly sums up what goes through my mind anytime something dramatic I have no control over happens. Weak game, powerful song. I can't really say one way or the other about the game. This particular track is called Mio by... I'm going to say this is Olivier Derivier, but that sounds almost too easy. <laughs> so, uh, again, pronunciation, apologies. <laughs> Um, but this sounds like when I was first listening to it, it sounds like Japanese to my ear that doesn't speak Japanese because it's very kind of syllabic and broken up into sounds that I hear a lot in Japanese. But listening to it a bit closer, I don't think it actually is Japanese. I, I think it's no, something different. I don't, I don't think so. I, and again, same. I don't I don't actually speak Japanese. So mm-hmm. um, I but I. I, I've watched a lot of anime, I guess. Okay. Um, so, um, yeah, no, I, I, I don't, I, I, it would be interesting to find out if this is actually a, a language, like if it's just one that we don't recognize or if this is intentionally broken up that way and maybe hmm. taken from something and twisted. Um, what, what, what it kind of made me think of was, and this is because we've recently been doing the Zelda shows mm-hmm. is how uh, Midna in Twilight oh, Princess. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it is language, but it's not, it's not directly language. It's regular language taken and kind of mixed up. So uh, yeah, I, that, that's kind of what it made me think of. But hmm. uh, again, that could just be, me not recognizing a language and and um <laughs> and being um not familiar with it it reminded me a lot of the music from near and yes. the music from uh, loco roco how those are uh kind of constructed fake mm-hmm. languages in a way yeah and again apologies if this is a real language we don't mean <laughs> to make it sound like uh like we don't believe that your language actually conveys meaning. This is just our own <laughs> ignorance speaking, and we're trying to uh, to come to some sort of consensus as to the uh, the background and writing of this particular piece of music. No, um, see, I think that's that's the thing <laughs> is that it does sound like a language. It's just yeah, not. Right, right. It's not something that's immediately identifiable for our, you know, I guess, <laughs> moderately sheltered Western ears. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> right. So let's uh, let's give a listen to Mio. From Bound by Flame.
we have another JRPG song for all of you. <laughs> this this surprise. I, I come in and that's it, it all goes to JRPG. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love Final Fantasy VIII, and um, that's. I won't say that's not a popular opinion. What I will say is that it's kind of a polarizing opinion. People, in my experience, either tend to really like Final Fantasy VIII or mm -hmm. really not like Final Fantasy VIII. And uh, I happen to fall on the really liking it side. Uh, so the track that I chose from this is, um, it's actually the, um, it's not the main battle music. It's actually the, the boss theme, the the regular boss theme. Sometimes you get special for uh, um, some of the later bosses, but um, it's called uh, Force Your Way, and it was uh, by Nobuo Oimatsu, uh, who has done so much Final Fantasy music. Uh, if you're familiar with Final Fantasy music at all, then you've probably heard his name uh, at least a couple of times. Uh, but the version that I have chosen is actually uh, a version that was recorded by uh, the Black Mages, and that that is a kind of rock group that ca that has as members uh, Uematsu himself and uh, several other members of um, the kind of composition team, um, notably uh, Kenichiro Fukui and uh, Suyoshi Sekito. Um, and I believe they've had a few other members kind of over the years. I'm not sure if they're still uh, recording or not, but um, yeah, it they they take. Final Fantasy music and being so familiar with it, I'm sure it must be a huge help uh, when they're doing this, but they, they do kind of um, rock arrangements of these with, um, you know, really, uh, really cool guitar riffs. And uh, it just, I, I really like what they've done with it because the arrangements um, for some of these, uh, for some of these numbers, and they've, they've done several albums um, that I had a hard time finding when I first started listening to them, but I believe they are all on iTunes. So um, if you enjoy this track and like what they've done with the final fantasy music, then they're worth looking up. Um, mm. They also can be found on YouTube. And um, yeah, I, I just, I, I, this particular track, even though you hear it multiple times, um, always makes me think of one particular boss fight. And it's the one, uh, the boss's name is Norg. And it's this kind of big blobby alien guy in this big mecha armor. And you fight him in the basement of your school. And <laughs> he has these little pods on the sides that change color. And if they both change to uh, the, the wrong color, then you, you get really messed up by him so you have to keep hitting the pods to manage them while you're actually trying to damage the mm. actual boss and I, I don't know why it makes me think of that boss fight in particular um, but it, it always does so um, yeah, this is this is one of my favorite Final Fantasy 8 tracks and uh, I really like the uh, the Black Mages version of it very cool Force Your Way by the Black Mages
right, we have one track left to go today. But uh, first, remember, you can venture over to our forum at canonrinse.com slash forum, where you can request songs. Also, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at canonrinse, or you can uh, visit our Facebook page, email us at podcast at canonrinse.com. Uh, we answer to all of these uh, all of these locations. We will take song requests from any of them, and uh, we will play them on a future show. We have a bit of a a uh, bit of a song backlog, but um, that's uh, that's probably healthy. We don't want to run out. And so if you don't hear your track um, right off the bat, then uh, it, it will come eventually. <laughs> Please do subscribe to Sound of Play on iTunes and leave us a review or rating that is very much appreciated. Uh, we also have a Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash where you can support the various podcasts that we do. Uh, nothing is locked behind paywalls. It is all just a voluntary tip jar. Uh, but it's very much appreciated, and it goes towards uh, getting better recording equipment for the team or better software for mixing the uh, um, podcast together. Or just It all goes towards making this uh, the podcast sound and uh, feel better for everyone. So all the money goes back into the show, and we are uh, very grateful to receive what our lovely patrons have supported us with so far. Before our last track, I am Ryan Heyman, and I would like to thank Leah for joining me today. Yes, thank you. I'd love to come back too. I, I this is fun. I, I oh, have yes. a lot of well, songs. Oh yes, you're a part of the regular team now, so I'm sure that Yay. you will be in the rotation in in future sounds of play for people Excellent. who want to hear more JRPG music. <laughs> I've got a lot. Very good. All right, as well as our uh, community contributors, uh, thanks again to all of you as well. Very much appreciated. Um, we have one more track, as I mentioned before, and this is one of mine. This is from Samaros Three. Uh, this is composed by a person or a band called Floex. I actually don't really know that much history about the design, um, about the uh, sound design team at Amanita Design. Uh, but that is one of the really interesting things about this studio is that Samarost, it's probably their flagship series. You might also know them from uh, Machinarium and uh, Botanicula, which okay. are all very... Uh, kind of simple point-and-click adventure games that tend to be fairly musical in that the environmental objects are uh, not voice, but are given um, uh, kind of like musical instrument sound effects in a way. Uh, it's it's actually a lot cooler than it sounds, me describing it. <laughs> um, but uh, this particular game, Samaros 3, you are flying between all of these strange alien planets with this uh, weird... Uh, giant bugs and alien fungi and plant life and forests and and you can click all this stuff and it all just makes like strange little noises and you can kind of synchronize them together to get it to start playing music and everything is so alien it kind of straddles that line between like technologically advanced and completely organic in a really interesting and cool way. It's definitely worth looking into because it'll only take you probably like three hours to play through. Um, and then, you know, you probably have some of um, some of Amanita's earlier works in your uh, Steam libraries or PSN libraries somewhere. And so uh, really a studio that does a very, very specific thing, but they've really kind of gotten their formula down over the years. Uh, I know that Leon always hates when we throw words around like this, but like I feel like perfect wouldn't be a terrible way to describe Samaros 3, and that's not 
meant to say that you are going to have, you know, the most fun that you will ever have with the video game or, or anything. It's just meant to say that like, for what it is, they go into this game with very specific goals and they have polished their, um, their design philosophy and their overall aesthetics so much over the years that this game just absolutely just nails what they go in hoping to achieve. And so in that way, like it's kind of like a perfect distillation of the type of experience that they want to give audiences, I think. It's a strange one because the art style is kind of like a mix of um of kind of like hand-drawn stuff and some stuff that looks like it was cropped out of photographs. Um mm-hmm. it uh it kind of has like that Monty Python animation element to it mm-hmm. where there's like beauty and ugliness, so to mm-hmm. speak, and it doesn't yeah, like no. shy away from the parts of nature that are kind of gross like like (laughs) fungus and like big hairy bugs and stuff like that but it like it depicts it in such a way where it's just like i still like i'm terrified of uh of giant insects but like even the insect portions of this game i'm like you know that is really beautifully presented and uh kind of laid out in such a way that it kind of reminds you that like even the ugly things in nature kind of they serve a purpose and they fit with the uh i don't know they fit in they have their place in the world <laughs> <laughs> this is a like seven or eight minute uh mostly kind of like small atmospheric music and we're putting this right at the end just so that you can either uh drift off to sleep with this or you can turn it off if you're driving <laughs> <laughs> it's a really nice uh doesn't really have a driving melody it's just kind of sounds and chimes and uh, it's not as hippy dippy as it sounds like. It's actually really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of a soundscape and it's representative of the rest of the soundtrack and a lot of the stuff that uh, Amanita Design does. And so if you're into this kind of thing and you might get a sense of that from the, uh, from the music or you might have to you know, look it up yourself, um, I would highly recommend anything that they've done because... As I've said before, they have, uh, they've basically been making one very, very specific type of game for well over a decade now, probably even more than that. Uh, and so like, they are just like masterfully making like every little thing feels like it was just absolutely perfectly placed because these people know what they're doing when it comes to making these types of games. It's, it's really wonderful to see, you know, just practice makes perfect <laughs> in a way right so this is the main theme from samarost 3 we will leave you off with that and we will uh, return next week for some more sound of play thank you for joining us and we'll see you next week <laughs>